Berg, nigger with love and a smile, even motherfucker with the light turned down low. She handcuffed her breath for an instant, you know, like one of those closet bisexual whores in Long Island emoting snob outrage at the visual atrocity of some lackey peasant sneaking a crap in the shrubbery. She said, Iceberg, excuse me for a moment. I heard the dulcet bells of crystal toll as some service person arrived to lay out some booze to cushion her jet lag. I heard her say, Thank you very much. Then to me, Hi again. It's still early. Why not come here to get acquainted? Get the prerequisite things out of the way before we put together the actual nuts and bolts of the interview and your profile for the magazine. I said, Why not tomorrow night? Even daytime ain't the right time. No time for a nigga to travel across several police division turfs. What? I mean, nighttime is really never the time to even walk Fido out to pee. Some roll-in heat with bloodlust might scribble in a death report. Mine. That he thought I was a dead ringer for a mass murderer at large, and that the leash was a piece in the dark. She chuckled oddly, like I was one of the Camarillo Picassos in the asylum upstate, who was showing her one of my finger paintings executed in poo-poo on her wall. She said, How about tomorrow at noon? Surely you won't need to take precautions then. Mother of Jesus, you're paranoid. All right, I'll see you then. Look, white girl. I wouldn't pull my ride out of the garage until I turned on my hideout tape recorder to document roller craziness and maybe my murder. If you meet a nigga in these times who ain't paranoid, you've met a nigga dreaming and bucking the odds to die a natural death. Lady, your mag should have arranged a crash course in the black experience before they assigned you to the project. She giggled her New York ass off and gave me the address to her pad before she hung up. The jazzy bitch had turned me off before we started. Now, I'm not a supersonic mouthpiece with a law school college course in logic gracing my portfolio. But believe me, sugar babies, I got a Ph.D. in the logical evaluation of hoe character, and I sensed that Josephina was a closet hoe to her cum-blistered diaphragm. I've developed a bloodhound's acuity for smelling out the stench of hoe treachery upcoming. And as I indicated, I've assembled the nitro item of paranoia in my survival kit. Understandably, I use that item gingerly. You know, with that twang in the tush care that a herpetologist uses, heisting King Cobra Venom. I toss the New Year in on my bed. I mulled why the prestigious white mag for men had selected a broad, a white broad, to wiggle on the lap of an ex-nigger pimp across the several states of his rappings gigs. She was suspect as a cobra, all right, I decided as I slipped into Josephina's haunted slumber. Next day at noon, I found myself sitting with the sensual and curvaceous Josephina in the posh barroom of her hotel. We sat sipping frosted drinks at a table in a corner of the shadowy joint. We had just put together an agreement to have the first formal interview at my pad in the ghetto next day. After that, 
She would accompany me on the rap tour to flesh out my in-depth profile her mag had commissioned her to write. We had conned each other that we had a viable bedrock of trust and congeniality necessary for a successful project. But I knew before we boarded a flight in tandem that I was going to find a way to unearth any sub-rosa motivations behind her saccharine facade. Why the hell had they sent the white broad? She had given me a queasy feeling in the gut with a crack. Slim, we'll stay loose on the road together. We can just hang out. I was double leery when I left her because I knew hang out was New York white hippie argo for you know what. Now I'm a fairly well-preserved nigga to be at the rim of 60, but shit, I wasn't Gable. Were her mag bosses shooting for a clay feet expose of the venerable ex-flesh peddler?